Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Feel like you got enough to do already? I do. That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash hi. Sports betting is sweeping across the country faster than the coronavirus, and Wagering Week is your antidote. I'm Tom Barton, and I'm a veteran sports analyst and respected sports handicapper who helped build ESPN's brand. I've been recognized and awarded by Pro Football Weekly and Gaming Today magazine as the honest handicapper. Let the other guys give you the same old boring sports talk with the same tired storylines. We'll give it to you straight here every Friday on Wagering Week. Don't gamble with other podcasts. Let Sports Garden Network's Wagering Week help your bottom line. Sometimes our commander-in-chief, ideally upholder of the law, fails to inspire us. Take the 1970s. Well, I'm not a crook. Or the 90s. I did not have sexual relations with that woman. And now the 21st century. I'm an extremely stable genius. You're about to hear two attorneys make sense out of a legal system some say is a train wreck. Here are Royal Oaks and Connor Oaks. This is Too Many Lawyers. Welcome to Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. And that was a song everybody just heard by Melody Federer. I'm so excited that we actually know somebody famous. Melody is a, a fabulous songwriter and singer, has worked with Burt Bacharach for decades, and she's come out with the song This Town, which you just heard, and you can go to YouTube, just Google Melody Federer or, or This Town, and you're going to hear it. Are, you, the, are you as excited as I am, Connor? the only thing that comes out of this podcast's existence is that more people hear Melody's music, uh, that will be a win for it me. It certainly will be worthwhile. So uh, we're going to talk about how the Supreme Court has gone video, uh, about how San Francisco criminals are being released, and Connor, I'm so excited polarization. You know, it's been a big problem. Mm -hmm. No more. Polarization has ended. The pandemic has somehow brought that's, us together. That's tongue in cheek, right? Uh, because we, the, the it, real story of the week as to polarization is the Tea Party version two protests uh, of idiots trying to reopen the country too early for no reason. Well, we'll find out if it's tongue in cheek in, in just a few minutes. First though, I, I, I gosh, looking at, at our little diary of movies, because we're obsessed during uh, the shutdown with films, We've had a good week, Connor. Mm -hmm. uh, your mom, uh, Lauren, and I, and you have seen Midnight Run, that mm. fabulous film with Robert yep. De Niro. Yep. For my money, even better than his star turn in Godfather 2, but eh. that may be debatable. Wrong. Could be wrong. At best. History of Violence with Vigo Bosarup, if, if y'all haven't seen that. Uh, my Vigo goodness. Mortensen's good. The movie is good. I wouldn't say it's Godfather 2 or even Midnight Run. You're not giving it five stars. No. Maltese Falcon with Humphrey Bogart. A classic for the 1941 uh, noir era, mm -hmm. uh, but not exactly uh, my cup of tea, I think. And then, of course, Back to the Future. That was delightful oh, yeah. to re-experience the Michael J. Fox mm -hmm. fabulous movie. So uh, we've, had, uh, we've had a good week. And 
arguably, Connor, maybe the country has had a good weekend. Maybe we've turned the corner. I've seen a bunch of articles about uh, you know, the curve is flattened and the the number of cases and so on isn't as bad as maybe we expected. Yeah, God willing. The, the danger, of course, is that there's no reason that the curve flattening now means that it will continue to flatten if we right. change our behavior. To the extent that the curve is flattening, it's not that predictions were wrong. It's that predictions were building in. This is what happens if X many people uh, obey orders, stay at home, social distance, wash their hands. This is the number uh, the, where the curve will be. If Y people do that, Z people do that. And it means that we're in a better scenario. And that's good. And you can even look at a place like New York, which has, you know, reducing uh, cases Mm -hmm. and say, well, look, maybe we have turned the corner. But turning the corner uh, is sort of – it gives us the feeling that we could take our hands off the wheel because we no longer need to be steering. But we do still need to be steering. And that's a tough uh, uh, pill for a lot of people to swallow, which I think we'll be getting into. And I guess one sign that maybe the – we're turning the corners. The PGA, the golfers are thinking about going back to their tournaments uh, in June. And of course, they will not have any spectators. So VJ Singh and Tiger won't be able to glare over at you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember talking the back. Yeah, one. I remember about 10 years ago, you and I went to the Riviera Country Club to watch the LA Open, mm-hmm. and VJ gave you a look. Because I don't know, you scratched your ear or something and within his sight. Right. And so I don't know if you've been a Vijay Singh fan. Uh, never, since, never again. Not, not since, since then. then. Yeah. So uh, the last thing I want to mention before. It was we, emotionally scarring. <laughs> before we get into uh, an immunity card issue, it's pretty exciting. We People ha- might have an immunity card in the future. As you know, I've got a pet peeve that I, I just can't hold back talking about this. And that's the word literally. Mm-hmm. I'm not real fond of the fact that people use the word literally when they mean figuratively. And I have an example this week. So much time on my hands, I started a biography of Doris Day. Wow, that is a lot of time on your hands. A lot of time. And so Doris Day, as it happens, was a big star in the late 40s, early 50s, did a bunch of movies for Warner Brothers. She left in 1955 because she had a, a disagreement with Jack Warner, the head of the studio. And according to this biography, it was actually just a sample uh, on Kindle. I didn't read the whole thing. But in the few pages I, I uh, read, it was written that she had an argument with Jack Warner and she left the studio when he literally tore into her. Literally. Connor, Jack Warner, head of Warner Brothers, literally tore into Doris Day, so he was a Wolverine? Well, say, uh, to say he tore into her would be to excoriate her, to to rail against Criticize, her, right? right. And, I got that part. And, and when you think about it, uh, if somebody said, oh man, he tore into her, you might think he said something rude or mean or just gave her a look like Vijay Singh did. And you're building, no, you're building no. a case for it being good that they put literally yeah, into the sentence? Yeah, because they're, oh, boy, they're boy, actually boy. saying, no, he didn't just say something mean or cutting. <sighs> he didn't just criticize her. He tore into her. He, he excoriated her. You know, he literally did that. A sign of a good lawyer is that they can make a, a decent sounding case that passes the red face test no matter how bad the actual case Welcome is. And I think you've podcast. just proven you're a really good Thank lawyer. Thank you very Connor. much. So immunity cards, and you know more about the science stuff than I do, so you can explain it. Science. Dr. Fauci says maybe we will have immunity cards. We're told that if you had the virus but recovered, it may be safe to go back to work. You may be immune, so you can't be reinfected. And because you're asymptomatic now, you can't give it to anybody else. But they're still working, apparently, on an antibody test 
that'll really confirm that a previously infected person has recovered. So is this a thing that we can count on, you think? Yeah, so the antibody test will theoretically be able to take a, a look at your blood and say you've got the antibodies in your system and therefore you can fight the virus and therefore you won't be a carrier and you won't get infected, uh, reinfected and, uh, and sick again. This is a problem because there are some people who uh, don't develop um, antibodies after the first time that they're infected or... Uh, whatever, unless they're affected uh, strongly enough, Mm -hmm. or if they're infected too strongly, who knows, we're not sure yet. But there are lots of diseases uh, where it's one and done like chickenpox, right? Where you never get it again, or at least not for 20, 30 years. But there are a lot of other diseases where your antibodies um, wear off faster and you can get it again in a year or two or three. So you're saying it's not a done deal necessarily. We're all going to be getting these laminated immunity cards. Yeah, there's no magic bullet that ends it until we have a vaccine. And that'll probably be, as they said, 18 months. At this point, barely 16 months. Yeah. Barely. Just just around the corner. Well, the good news, Connor, is that Germany and Italy are already issuing these immunity cards. And I ask you, when have Germany and Italy been wrong before? Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, let's talk baseball. Um, I think maybe we should rename the Cincinnati Reds the Cincinnati Scrooges. Hmm. And the reason is... Major League Baseball, Connor, I think is going to have a PR problem. They are refusing to issue refunds for prepaid tickets. And, you know, season ticket holders, a lot of folks pay big bucks before the season, sometimes months and months before the season, the teams get the float. Now, the law requires teams like Major League Baseball, Dodgers, Yankees, et cetera, The law requires refunds to be given for canceled games. But guess what the clubs are saying? Well, (laughs) they're not really canceled, folks. They're just postponed. They're postponed to next year. My question is, Connor, who's going to win this fight? The millions of fans who have no jobs and no money or Major League Baseball with annual revenues of $11 billion? Probably Major League Baseball. They generally uh, hire pretty expensive good lawyers. <laughs> oh, um, so you're saying the people with no money and no jobs won't be able to hire fancy lawyers? Yeah. What about not. your lawyer? Well, what about pro bono? That's the joy of uh, a class action, is that you can just get uh, one team of lawyers to represent everybody who's a season ticket holder and uh, knock down the, yeah, the You have to get the a judge to grant the certification motion. Guillotine yes. the general manager or whatever it is they want to do to solve this problem. So I mentioned uh, Supreme Court is going Hollywood on us. The Supreme Court's oral arguments for next month in May are going to happen, we are told. But the lawyers will not be in the majestic courtroom. They're yeah. going to be there by teleconference. I mean, a long time coming when one thinks that, you know, you'd like... They, it, okay, the, the Supreme Court has all these antiquated rules, and some of them seem to have purpose. There are no cameras, right? No cameras in the Supreme right. Court room. You only, That's why you get these old-timey-looking sketches, uh, <laughs> you know, artist renderings of the justices and the lawyers arguing. But is there really value in these old traditions keeping the Supreme Court in the Stone Age. I mean, why would you need to fly the the lawyer who's going to make your arguments across the country if you could put him on a huge screen and make sure that you have him virtually there? It's the Supreme Court. It's not like every courtroom in America uh, has to switch immediately to teleconferencing and think about the logistics of that. And Although that's kind of where they're headed, at least during the pandemic. They are, and we're making progress there. And it's really great, and it's probably keeping, you know, carbon emissions low and saving everybody money, as Court Call has been for uh, years. Uh, A mandatory plug there, not an ad for Court Call. Um, And this is the Supreme Court. This is the one and only. So people can put on, you know, 
put together the logistics of getting the lawyers on camera so that they can, you know, argue virtually in front of a Supreme Court or one, a divided court so the, the justices don't even have to be in the same room, maybe. One thing they may not put on is, is pants. The justices are not even going to know if the lawyers are wearing Well, we pants. don't know if they're wearing pants under the robe. So what's the, why, that's fair. I yeah, mean, come on. That's true. I think we just have to, uh, have to trust. We do. No, you're right. It's been a big issue and you know, I followed it pretty closely because way back in the day during OJ, uh, the murder trial, I, I appeared several times before Judge Ito arguing mm-hmm. in favor of cameras. And of course, the deal is we have a split. State court proceedings, almost all, at last check, I think 48 out of the 50 states, approved cameras in the courtroom. Whereas on the federal side, no federal courts permit cameras, except occasionally they have pilot projects. The Ninth Circuit has had a few oral arguments. But Justice Souter on the Supreme Court once famously said, there would be a camera in the Supreme Court over my dead body. So I, you know, it's going to be tough, I think, to change their mind about that, even though, as you say, uh, there's no reason why they shouldn't. I mean, Congress does really important stuff, and we have a camera in, in Congress and the, the problem is people have perceived that as what's well, partisan and it's political. And of course, folks should be able to peer in on that. Whereas the Supreme Court deals with stuff that's just so important. Maybe we shouldn't sully it with cameras. It's so strange. I mean, if you think sunlight is the best disinfectant, if you think the public attention on politics is what, like, because democracy works ostensibly, uh, is what will solve you know, problems uh, and, and bring pressure to bear where it deserves to be then you should put cameras in in courtrooms and you should put cameras in the Supreme Court and you should have access given to the public. If you think that sometimes the mass of of the viewing public uh, gets irrational and makes decisions uh, wrongly um, and gets inflamed about things uh, and you look at, you know, Judge Ito potentially in the OJ case bowing to that. Hey, America, Christopher Hahn here, the Aggressive Progressive Podcast. What is with the president and the right-wing echo chamber encouraging these astroturf protests against stay-at-home orders around the country? It's ridiculous, and it needs to stop. Check out the Aggressive Progressive Podcast wherever you download podcasts. That pressure from the public and the glory of being on TV, if you see (laughs) the failings of that potential... Uh, those problems that can arise, um, then maybe you don't keep things behind closed doors. But it really, I think, it comes down to whether you trust the public. Yep. Yeah, no, it's, it's a really, uh, it's fascinating issue. This is Too Many Lawyers. We do hope you uh, take time to uh, rate and subscribe us uh, because we'd love to uh, hear your feedback. And uh, we're going to be right back on Too Many Lawyers after this pause. We're back with Too Many Lawyers. I'm Royal Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. Connor, the uh, stimulus uh, has been very good for a fellow named Charles Calvin. Uh, checks, as you know, have been shown up from the feds in everybody's mailboxes. Not everybody, but a lot of folks. And Charles Calvin expected to get about $1,700. Imagine his surprise, Connor, when his online balance showed $8.2 million. Wow. So, yeah, in a response that showed uh, laser-like insight and uh, and a rugged earthiness, uh, Charles exclaimed, holy crap, this has to be wrong. Is that a direct quote? Yeah, that's oh. the exact quote. Uh, and not That a, is what I would say as well. Not everybody is as honest as Charles. Uh, recently, the, a Phoenix man's uh, bank balance showed as uh, $85,505. And actually, he was broke, or very close to it. Mm. 
Uh, turns out the bank had accidentally swapped his zip code for his balance. If oh, 85505? There you go. 85505. Okay, yeah. Uh, <laughs> he, he tried to zip off with the funds and he wound up in jail. So that didn't happen to Charles Calvin, though. He was he was very honest about it. Uh, a lot of people are concerned, Connor, about privacy in the pandemic era. Uh, of course, you know, people are rioting practically in Michigan saying, you can't tell us to stay home. And the Mi- governor of Michigan there, she did really uh, lay down some pretty strange laws. She said, you can go to the big box stores, but you can't go to the part of the store that sells uh, power tools and the gardening supplies and turf. You, you have to just go to the essential things like masks and, you know, Gatorade and so on. And, and people are, are kind of critical of her. Uh, one Mostly people are critical of Governor Whitmer because there's- The president an, tells them to be? Yes. There's yeah. an astroturfed uh, GOP uh, plan to make her a villain because she's a potential uh, VP candidate for Biden. So they What do you mean to, by astroturfed plan? Astroturf is fake grassroots. Oh, I never heard that before. Yeah. That's fascinating. So AstroTurf is where big money gets behind- You can learn something listening to too many lawyers. Yeah. Big big money gets behind uh, grassroots organizations and grows them, explodes them into national prominence and puts them all over Fox News, mostly, uh, because- they want to harm Whitmer's career because it will harm Biden if he as she gets picked. Now they don't want to make it so blatant that she doesn't get picked because that would that would ruin the you know that would that would defeat the purpose. They they want her to get picked and oh, okay. then to suffer for it. Interesting. So they're laying the groundwork now. We're seeing so we're the, seeing as we will get into later in the in the pod uh, or now if you like uh, fake Tea Party Volume Two. I can't. I'm so excited. This astroturf thing that I've just learned about it. You know, it took me a long f- time to figure out what Emily's List was all about. Have you heard about Emily's List? No. Okay, it's it's a way to raise money for women's rights causes. Oh, okay. And Emily's list stands for early money is like yeast. You get the early money right. and it results in more money. It so gross. I've learned about like AstroTurf, fake grass. I've That's learned beautiful. about the yeast. Yeah, it's, it, it is really nice. Yeah. So the reason I, I was thinking about the privacy issue partly was because of these drone issues. Um, uh, drones are getting to be big deals of China is using drones with thermal sensors to figure out who down there has a fever. Horrifying. In Ireland, they're dropping off medicine at patients' homes, so that's not horrifying. Less that's horrifying, kinda cool. yeah. Less horrifying, depending <laughs> on, on how bad the medicine is. Right. And of course, they are all equipped with cameras, yep. so you know, if you're, if you're bathing in the buffo in your backyard, uh, the drone just might record this for posterity. So I guess we could be seeing a rerun of the civil liberties debate yeah. that crept into the conversation a few months after 9-11. I mean, oh, absolutely. We're, we're definitely seeing the beginning of it, but every but just like after 9-11, where the government was able to just kind of ram through any program they wanted, uh, whether it be blowing up some other country uh, or spying on American citizens, um, they could do anything they wanted because of this sort of swell of patriotism. There's a lot less of that now because war is more powerful than disease in terms of inspiring, uh, you know, excitement and happiness uh, in in supporting your country. Um, we're all just kind of depressed, whereas war, you know, makes us feel fighty. You know, we want to start swinging punches and, and mm-hmm. striking back, but we don't know how to swing punches or strike back at a disease uh, as well. But it's the same sort of scenario and situation. People are currently okay with giving up rights, and we'll see how long that lasts. The honeymoon period with the Iraq war and the aftermath of 9-11, is, it was years before you know, we saw the full impact of that. And the, the you know, people started saying, wow, Bush is, is really bad for all these you know, uh, invasions of privacy. I think it's going to happen a lot faster. 
Yeah, I think you're right. So uh, inmate release uh, update here, of course. The good news for Michael Avenatti recently. He's been sprung from mm-hmm. a jail in New York for 90 days uh, to get ready for his next trial here in Southern California. Uh, Harvey Weinstein, I guess, not quite so uh, lucky. Last I heard, he was uh, <laughs> he's imprisoned in Buffalo, New York. Now, that's, that's justice. Uh, uh, he couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Uh-huh. And, of course, he's going to be extradited to L.A. So... But L.A. County Sheriff is taking some action. He just announced this week he's releasing about 4,000 nonviolent inmates, Mm -hmm. which is roughly 25% of the county's inmate population. And he's acknowledging it's a good news, bad news deal. He's sure the spread of COVID-19 in jail is going to go down. He does warn us we might see a spike in crime. I've heard this rumor, and I think we should dispel it right here, Connor. I've heard that San Francisco's new mayor is considering releasing all of his city's 2,000 inmates and replacing them with San Francisco's 2,000 Republicans. I now, love it. That's not going to happen. Big fan. Yeah. yeah big fan. So uh, the, it's, I think, going to trigger a debate because, you know, some people, uh, some of your friends on the progressive wing mm-hmm. of the political spectrum actually call do commie, not, it's fine. Well, they don't believe in prison. Angela, right. Angela Davis, the right. controversial uh, communist uh, UCLA professor. She, I think she was a professor when I was there back in the 70s. Uh, she has said, you know, prison, not really, not a good idea. Yeah. And in some cases, people say, well, <laughs> what about, you know, really, really bad people? Like the guy that sat in the black church and, and gunned them all down. So some people actually advocate, well, I want there to be an encounter. I want the criminals to meet with the victims, if they survived, to kind of talk it through and basically get rid of the prisons because of the institutional racism. I don't know. Do you think that might be overkill? I mean, I personally... Uh, I know that it would be such a massive undertaking, big, undertaking a big change to get rid of the entire carceral state. Um, it's not like it's something that's going to happen overnight. You're not going to snap your fingers and do it. And the pandemic are, would have to be really bad. It would have to be that, real yeah. bad. Yeah. And as you see, countries around the world have you know prisons exist to varying degrees. Everything from well, they just throw you in the hole and you're never seen again in authoritarian countries, uh, all the way up to. Uh, democracies that have extremely limited uh, prisons and and prison sentences. For example, nobody, even a mass murderer, gets a prison sentence longer than 15, 17, 20 years Mm -hmm. in some countries. Um, And it's not not just the richest countries in the world. A lot of countries have that. And a lot of countries uh, are are happy with that system. And they say, you know, everybody can be rehabilitated um, or at least everybody deserves the attempt to rehabilitate them. And, you know, if somebody is, is trying to commit a crime or is likely to commit a crime after that 15 year period and the experts are who are, you know, involved in the rehabilitation tell him, well, he's just not ready to go out, then he can, you know, be uh, retained for longer. And, you know, it's a process. So reducing prison sentences as much as possible seems like a no-brainer to me. Adopting one of these systems with maximum punishments seems like a no-brainer to me. Uh, Spending tons and tons of money on reintegration uh, programs to help people who have been in prison for any amount of time and eliminating prison sentences for all but the most violent and dangerous offenders who we actually think we, oh, we got to keep this person off the street. Seems like a no-brainer. The final step of no prison at all that one maybe not a no-brainer. Uh, it's not a no-brainer. It's it's difficult to understand and to and and, and difficult to to plan out how it would work. 
I'm not an expert on yeah, that. So I can't it, say that step is this, a wise one to take because I haven't even heard experts these are enough big issues address that, it. These are huge issues that are going to take a long time to sort out all of those points you made. Of more immediate impact, I think, on our society is, you know, we may see a rerun of the Willie Horton situation back in 1988 when George Bush was running for president against Michael Dukakis. Dukakis had a furlough program where he let actual murderers out for a weekend, uh-huh. and Willie Horton was one of them, and he goes out and kills a bunch of people. And he, he uh, and so he, the candidate, Dukakis, paid the price. When right, George so the Bush Willie Horton situation being that a candidate paid a massive political price for letting right. a prisoner out of jail, resulting in them killing. So now, today, we've got a Haitian national arraigned in Massachusetts. Uh, he'd been arrested, I think, 48 times, a Sierra... Leon citizen with 13 convictions. He's been released. He had four uh, convictions for violating uh, you know, rights of women, abuse of women. I wouldn't be shocked if you see political advantage being taken by folks on the right side of the spectrum in the upcoming election because uh, I think people are starting to take sides. Of course. And I, I think that, issue. that you got to be tough on crime arguments uh, arise from the right and even among liberals and leftists. Within those subcategories, the right side, that is the conservative side of that wing of that, uh, uh, of those sub parties and subgroups, always is able to make hay out of there's a crisis, things are bad, crime is bad, whatever. Therefore, we should get tough on crime because that's a very seductive idea for the public to think. Well, we will just crack down. We will just be tough, and that will solve our problems. When a lot of people will tell you after the 80s and 90s and the disastrous crime bill uh, in the 90s and, and, and every other you know move towards our current mass incarceration system, we see that being tough on crime doesn't solve problems. Well, to some people, help. it might be a little too seductive to abolish prisons, go the Angela Davis route. But uh, again, that requires a, a huge debate. Hey, when we come back, um, maybe a little fight brewing between Cuomo and Trump. Uh, Cuomo said this uh, week as uh, governor of New York, you don't become king because there's a federal emergency. We'll get into that when we return on Too Many Lawyers. We're back with Too Many Lawyers. I'm Noel Oaks. And I'm Connor Oaks. So the president has said, Connor, that he has total authority about when the states reopen. And then a few days later, he kind of walked it back. And in the meantime, Cuomo, uh, the New York governor, said, you know, you don't become king because there's a federal emergency. So there is a Tenth Amendment to the Constitution that says powers not given by the Constitution to the feds belong to the states. On the other hand, the National Emergencies Act uh, on the federal level, does give the president a bunch of powers. Um, so, you know, I think people are going to be the judge as to who's right, the Cuomo view or the Trump view, but they're not going to be able to vote on it until November. But, but Trump at that point, you're going you're gonna to see a result. Trump doesn't want power. Trump, Trump does not want power. You're going to have to explain yourself on that There is no one. situation in which Trump thinks to himself, I wish I had more power in this pandemic situation because with power comes responsibility, as Spider-Man's Uncle Ben will tell you, right? <laughs> Trump doesn't want any responsibility. He explicitly comes out in press conferences and says, I take absolutely no responsibility. Uh, as he basically says, the buck stops anywhere but here. So you I think am- he just hadn't thought it through when a week or so ago he said he has total authority oh, no, about he, when the states he, reopen. He doesn't want power, but he wants uh, 
the the image of having power. He wants to be able to say two things at once. He wants to be able to say the governors of of all your individual states are the reason that people are dying and everything that bad that's happening is their fault. But the stimulus check that Congress uh, you know negotiated out uh, and the House and Senate agreed on that I'm going to print my name on delay everybody getting those stimulus checks. They're going to get it a few days later than they would have gotten because he spent taxpayer money to put Donald J. Trump on the stimulus check that you get. So when you get your 1200 bucks, uh, you'll remember, oh yeah, Donald Trump exists and he was involved in this process in some way in that it would have been impossible for him to veto this. He had no actual input on the contents of this check or how big it was. I wonder if he's going to try to get a law changed so he can put his signature on the actual dollars uh, oh my instead God. of the treasure. I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, this this is a guy who wants to have no responsibility and take all credit for good things. He wants the, the lack of responsibility allows him to throw up his hands and go, oh, these governors are really screwing this response up, aren't they, people? Huh? And uh, specifically to attack people as political opponents like Gretchen Whitmer. So your strong viewpoint there, it kind of undermines what I said at the top of the show, Connor. I announced very happily the end of polarization. <laughs> the end of polarization. I said the pandemic has, has brought us together. And let me see if I can make my case. Everybody in, hold in hands, spite of the don't hold hands. Just Nobody should hold hands. In the Kavanaugh circus, the Supreme Court deal, the left said, believe accusers. Mm-hmm. The right said, oh, no, no, no. It's case by case. I am happy to report, Connor, they're right was so persuasive. It has convinced the left to join them. I mean, witness the reaction to the accusation against mm-hmm. Joe Biden. Right. His uh, former aide, Tara Reid, says in 1993, he sexually assaulted her. Mm-hmm. The right has made such a compelling case. Everyone on the left is saying, you're right, you don't automatically believe accusers. It's it's case by case. Connor, polarization here in our time has mm-hmm. ended. Yeah. Is this exciting or what? It's a massive problem. It's a huge problem that, uh, I mean... You look at a guy like Bernie Sanders, and there are no sexual assault allegations against Bernie Sanders. And you look at a guy like Joe Biden, and there are. And the Democrats picked Joe Biden. They picked him by everybody calling up all other candidates the day before Super Tuesday, two days before Super Tuesday, and saying, drop out, or your political careers are over, or drop out, or we won't give you whatever. Um, and then these backdoor deals basically handed the election to Biden, the the, the primary, and uh, are you suggesting the Democrats should rethink this now? after we knew about the Tara Reid allegation and right. after the research had been done? And you can p- try to poke holes in it if you want, but you're right. It's complete hypocrisy to not believe Tara Reid and give her every opportunity to make you know these public statements and actually have Biden and his team have to address it, address the fact that there was a, a contemporaneous uh, report. Tara told a friend uh, around the time that it happened in the early 90s that it happened. I mean, all of this is strong evidence, and you should believe accusers by default and then do your investigations. We're not believing the accuser, and we're not doing the investigation, and it's a huge problem. And guess what? Uh, The same exact thing, of course, has happened with all of Trump's many accusers. And it's a fundamental problem where you see Democrats pay lip service when it's politically expedient for them to uh, attack somebody for doing something wrong. And then when one of their own uh, uh, comes under fire for doing not the same thing as Trump, but something bad, they close ranks and say, look, we're the lesser of two evils. What are you going to do? We're a two-party system, which is exactly why we need to change the system. You need to have ranked choice voting so that you don't have a two-party system. 
So I want to talk about the um, the great talk show trifecta and how it's caught up with uh, the pandemic. Uh, mm -hmm. Guns, abortion, and immigration. Those are the, the big topics. Uh, you and I- uh, On radio talk shows, yeah, not yeah. on the late night talk shows. Nobody's talking about guns, no, abortion, no, or immigration on, on, on Letterman. And, and of course, it was very disturbing to me on a couple of occasions when you and I got the chance to co-host on KBC Radio. It was mm -hmm. very disturbing that the staff, the engineer, everybody, they said how much more they enjoyed you than, than me. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember that. But oh, well, that's I nice do, you but say. you know, very I, nice I haven't been able say. to blot it out of my memory. But right. here's the deal. COVID has involved guns and abortion up until now. We know all the business about our guns essential and so on. We you know abortion uh, came up because the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals upheld a Texas law that said, oh, it's a pandemic and we've got limited medical resources. Right. So ladies, uh, sorry, uh, you know, you're going to have to put your abortions off. So those two are in. Now immigration. And of course, it involves California. Governor Newsom says one-time payments of 500 bucks will go to the undocumented. And he's got the money in California's $75 million disaster relief fund. Mm -hmm. So are, are we okay with this? Do, do we think yes, there's going to be any absolutely. backlash? Uh, of course there's going to be backlash mm -hmm. because people hate immigrants, because people are racist and xenophobic. But the idea behind- Well, is that really fair? Do you think every- uh, It's a thousand, a hundred percent sure. Every single human on earth is xenophobic and racist. <laughs> And you can't break yourself. Oh, well, that's okay if, er if everybody's it's, yes, guilty. It's, it's in your brain. You can't get rid of it. It's 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 built in. We have to fight it. The march of civilization is the fight against xenophobia well, and racism. Do you think everybody who says no, I don't think we should have open borders. I think we should have borders. Are they motivated by uh, inappropriate hate and xenophobia? I'm not saying they are motivated by it or any individual decision is motivated by it, but we are, are all but influenced by But might it be fair-minded and, and rational, the position in favor of a Every, border? Everybody has uh, opinions informed right. by a hundred different facts and influences. And one of those facts and influences that you and I and everyone else has is racism and xenophobia. We, they, they just, but you would acknowledge that, that some people who believe in borders uh, are motivated entirely by fair-minded, non-racist motivation. No, because motivations. everyone is motivated by racism and xenophobia, wow. so they can't be entirely yeah. motivated by other factors. This is always a part Gosh, of the equation. This sounds Freudian. Always. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sometimes a wall is just a wall. But with Trump, it's a metaphor <laughs> for his dick. So, uh, And uh, unfortunately, they sawed through his uh, metaphorical dick 18 times in one month uh, wow. outside San Diego, proving, as we all knew, a wall is pointless not the point. Immigration is an issue with COVID. It was an issue with COVID on uh, from minute one when Trump stupidly tried to ban a movement from China into the U.S. First of all, too late to make a difference. Right. And second of all, after experts were already telling him most of the uh, COVID infections were coming from Europe at that point and afterwards. So he wasn't coming from China and they closed the borders there anyway. And of course, closing the or attempted to close the borders. Closing the borders there meant more than just stopping people getting on airplanes. It also delayed us getting testing and materials that we needed from Asia. So there are always second order effects. And when you lash out at a, a vulnerable group, immigrants in America, and say, well, they're definitely the problem. You have Tucker Carlson saying things like, uh, you know, the immigration makes America dirty on, on Fox News, his, his famous quote from 2019, 2018, whenever it was. That is the culture of racism that you have to fight against. And when you have a president who's indulging his racist tendencies with his policies, instead of actually taking action that will solve problems, 
you get what we have now, which is the Trump administration well, bungling the response to a pandemic a because they of, just want to point fingers and blame somebody. And immigrants are always an easy target. A couple of things come to mind. First, I'm I'm glad that you've helped me establish that yes, the pandemic has inspired oh, not yeah. only guns and abortion, but as now an, immigration, but immigration as well. And always. secondly. I don't think the president, when he reviews the transcript of this podcast, is going to be happy about your comments of right. about two or three minutes ago. Okay, so uh, you could be audited I by could the IRS. Be. Can't wait, can't wait. I, I, your point about whether uh, the, you know, there's going to be backlash for five hundred dollar payments going to the undocumented in California out of the California uh, disaster rate relief fund. There will be backlash, but when you think about it, what is the point? What is the point of? A, a one-time payment, a $1,200 payment, a $500 payment, any kind of government assistance. It's to keep our economy afloat and uh, illegal immigrants of, of all, you know, shapes and, and stripes. Right. Uh, that is the way they're, they're legal status, the partially legal or undocumented or dreamers or anybody who's in the process of becoming. Literally every single person in this country, regardless of legal status, is a crucial part of our economy. Well, you know and what? then to the extent that we want to uh, protect people from you know injury and illness, and that we are in dire straits, and that people might I don't know not have money for food or housing, or they might not have money for medicine, and we're doing this on moral grounds. Th their immigration status has nothing to do with that. So obviously, all these people are uh, giving them money serves all the same purposes that giving citizens money uh, serves. So why wouldn't we do it? Well, you know what? I don't think there's going to be any backlash against oh, <laughs> giving money to the undocumented because as I have established earlier in this yeah. podcast, partisanship is dead. Polarization, Polarization is, is dead. over. Great. We hope you have a very safe week and we'll see you next week on Too Many Lawyers. Bye everybody. Take care. Want the same expert advice you get from the pros in the store while shopping online at DiscountTire.com? Meet Treadwell, your personal online tire guide that matches you with the perfect tire for your vehicle. Get your best match in one minute or less with Treadwell by Discount Tire. Feel like you got enough to do already? I do. That's why I use Ship Same Day Delivery to keep up with my busy life. They know the snacks I like down to the extra creamy in my peanut butter. I can get deliveries at home, on set, or even when I'm away on vacay. And my personal shopper, Amber, she's got my back. As in, she asks them to check the back if it's not on the shelf. Shipped. Delight in every delivery. Learn more at ship.com slash high.